Welcome to Growing Unicorns, where every week, Holly Chen, Eli Rubel, and me, Karina Edwards, come together with some fun guest hosts at a live interactive discussion where we unpack stories from the trenches while we're working with some of the fastest growing unicorns today. So today we are talking about bottoms up versus sales led motion. This obviously has a ton to do with PLG and, but it can also have more broad, you know, we can talk about demand gen and how it plugs into all that. But first, why don't we just do quick intros? So my co-hosts here, I'll introduce Karina first since she wasn't here last week. Karina, go for it. Yeah. So I'm Karina Edwards. I'm VP of demand gen at growth at Mattermade. Um, I've been working with some clients like Loom, Calm, Product Board, uh, Hopin, and so really running both like sales led and bottoms up side of business. So I'm really excited for this talk. And I will pass the mic to Holly to intro herself again. Uh, I'm Holly, currently advisor at uh, Loom and uh, Impura um, and uh, Teamflow, uh, previously at Slack, um, running their growth marketing, digital marketing, and before that at Google and Eli. I'm all that's left. Um, (laughs) I am Eli and I work lucky enough to work with Karina and lucky enough to get to partner with um, Holly frequently on clients as well. So I feel like we've gone through the trenches together now a couple of cycles and yeah, we, we wanted to bring some of these stories to you and just some of the behind the scenes things that we're talking about. So that's the whole purpose here at, at Growing Unicorns Live every week. All right, let's get into unscripted. it. Unscripted. Yeah, exactly. It's very unscripted. You're going to get a lot of our, probably more of our personality than you bargained for. <laughs> All right. Who wants to kick us off? Like, should we start with definitions, bottoms up, sales led? What are we even talking about? I have a kickoff question and I'd love Holly to to run with this one. Can anyone do bottoms up? Like, should everyone be focusing on like building up a bottoms up motion? And is that how they should all go to market? Oh man, like dive right deep. (laughs) Uh, Personally, I don't think bottoms up is a fit for everyone. Um, I do think if a product is, has wide usage, um, has lots of use cases uh, in tons of different departments. It's more of a horizontal product. Bottoms up is great uh, because it, it like you don't have to go super deep in, um, in one particular uh, use case, like vertical, vertical SaaS. If you're targeting a very complicated use case that requires a high implementation effort, and sophisticated setup up front, uh, bottoms up is obviously very hard to do, um, especially in the context of user adoption. And finally, bottoms up, oftentimes the, the first user is more of the um, uh, ICs and uh, middle managers who are more willing to try out things versus if you are targeting the buyer persona, like the CIOs, CEOs, uh, or IT persona, um, you may not be able to get them to 
use your product bottoms up all the time. So you you probably need to do a lot of work to to get them to try your product. Those people, especially at enterprise companies, are very used to getting a demo and do the do the show uh, <laughs> um, in order to, to 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 being being sold to. Yeah, totally. I like building on that. I think there's like PLG is the hot thing right now. And I think that you see a lot of like, there's two angles to talk about it. There's these companies who are like, have traditionally been sales led and now PLG is a thing. So they want to move to a PLG model, either like entirely or just adding to where like their product isn't fit for that or the audience isn't fit for that. And I think on the earlier side um, for early stage companies, I think you really have to think about like what motion you're going to start out with and making sure that the product um, supports that. Because generally when you hit that sales-led motion first and then try to reverse engineer back to product-led growth, like the product doesn't support that use case. And so like the trial motion, you know, isn't something that's going to necessarily work or their product isn't ready for that trial motion. Yeah, the user experience is so important for bottoms up type of businesses. Um, if it the end user really needs a lot of handholding in order to understand how to use the product, how to make themselves successful, um, then you may want to uh, make sure, um, well, one, the user experience needs to be really intuitive to um, potentially offering up uh, scaled support um, early on so that they can um, get the product um, and start start making them themselves successful. It's interesting when you think about hiring for these motions, right? Because the type of marketing leader who's going to be successful with a bottoms up motion, they really need to be a pillar between product marketing and sales in a very like hands-on collaborative way. Of course, ideally this person does that anyway, and is involved in those roles, but even more so when we're talking about, you know, what are these first experiences like what's onboarding? Like these are all very product intensive. And then the handoff to sales becomes intensive as well. So I think the challenge is on these executives to find the right type of marketer who has that blend, but still is a deep marketer without being just a product person. Actually, that's a great question, right? Like for product like growth companies, when does sales start to touch the customers or end users? What have you seen? Yeah, I think it it's different for every company, but there are certain like, you know, metrics where the adoption is there or like typically there's more adoption across departments, which traditionally the PLG is going to be more successful for like a horizontal product. So when the product usage starts to cross over department to department, that is generally like one of the key indicators. Um, but I think that's where like marketing and sales has to be really tight knit with product to understand like what are those key indicators within product usage that signal like that they're ready to be even A, like marketed to outside of the product and then B, like, yeah, touched by sales. So, okay, good. I'm not a mute. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, I see that you chatted in a question and since we are a small group today. I would love to have you just ask your question directly. Yeah, no, I was just sort of introducing myself. So I um, I'm excited to be here. I, I, I'm enjoying this discussion. I think what I'm hearing and taking away is that 
bottoms up product led growth. And this is how, I mean, Tribute's a peer to peer mentorship app for the workplace. And we've been sales led selling into business leaders, whether it's HR or sales and marketing. But we have a Teams and Slack app, and Teams has a monetization platform now where you can actually unlock a SaaS offering and have users find users or department heads find our mentorship app by searching mentorship in Teams and buy 200 licenses for their group. And so we're now re engineering our product strategy to have this like product-led growth from the end user. And what I'm hearing the whole discussion around, which I totally agree, because my background, I worked at Microsoft for 10 years. So I'm very familiar with enterprise software adoption, is that if you have more of a consumer-led product, even if it's being sold into the enterprise, it's probably a better fit for PLG than like an enterprise-wide something that you would sell to like a CIO or... I don't know if that's like a correct. I don't. I don't know if it has to be so black and white per se, right? It's because it, because it could be finding your micro motions or or like smaller value payloads within what your what your yeah what your entire product offers to the enterprise might not be the first motion or that the the PLG motion that you're driving. It could be a smaller subset of that that's your wedge, and then there's a bottoms up plus top down uh, play eventually. Yeah, that's fair. That's actually fair. Yeah. I, I experienced this with a different app that we just started using, Alio for OKRs. Like I downloaded it in Slack. I paid, I, I set my OKRs as an end user. And then I had to go back as the owner of my company and like log into their web app and like think about the plans that I wanted to buy. And if I like who on my team, I want to make it available. So like, I don't know, it was interesting that like it did a good job of both, I guess, but we're just like right there in that transition. So and Elias, I'm in the root systems group. That's how I kind of heard of you originally. And so that's kind of what brought me here. So oh, perfect. Nice. Well, glad you're here. Yeah. Hey, uh, so this is Nibi. A great conversation. Just wanted to add to the part about micro motions. I've been recent. So I, I lead growth at Tessian. It's a cybersecurity <laughs> company. So fits directly in, into a sales-led motion right now because it's yeah. like, and we are trying to penetrate enterprise and long sales cycles. So it's like definitely sales-led. Uh, but that said, I've been recently asked to do a growth experiment where a part of the um, our platform, which is a breach look back, is like being like extracted and uh, like it's almost like a lead magnet uh, where you are, I'm being told to see if it will work, like it will uh, pique the interest of uh, uh, cybersecurity professionals and they can use. So it's not seamless, like Holly just mentioned, it needs to be a seamless process, but that's not the case. But it's like, you know, initial feeler, like, yeah, is the is the market like leaning towards that? But yeah, just wanted to add to the conversation that that's what we are trying even in that sales-led motion. Yeah, I think something else just, yes, ending this entire topic is like, making sure that there is a clear line that the that the bottoms up motion or the sales and motion like meets somewhere in the middle for both sides right so sometimes like the trial experience or motion or product usage like never really meets like makes it so that that user actually has to be a paid user or that there needs to be like an enterprise or the decision maker is actually involved in that conversation and so i would love to hear like holly eli you know at what point do like top does top down and bottoms up like meet in the middle to reach both the IC and like the decision maker? I was thinking about Sarah's example, right? The the mentorship um, SaaS offering that can be adopted by a manager for her immediate team of five people. And I would consider that as bottoms up. And I can consider, I can also see a 
CHRO and say, we want to implement a mentoring offering benefits for my company. And that like, I want to see a demo of Tribute. And I can see both motions actually working for, for this case. So, so I guess like the, Sarah, go ahead. Yeah. I think the thing that's stopping us right now is that we haven't built in like the automated user workflows yet to have people go through, like do the core jobs to be done in the product. Like we just kind of, we have to, a lot of that's manual today that is on our customer success team. And so we'll do that training through the sales led motion from the point of buying to the end users rather than directly to them. We started making progress, you know, we've got Pendo installed and we're doing, you know, some interesting things, but I think until I think my assumption is correct that until we have the right automated user flows that they could just come in and quickly understand, okay, here's how I discover my first mentor. Here's how I complete my profile. Here's how I can attach this to my performance reviews. Like here's why, you know, what those hooks are that give me immediate value without having the buyer involved. I feel like that's also stopping us right now. Like we're building all of that before we can get there. And I think that's the right approach. Um, Mm -hmm. We also want to start segmenting our sales team to be on like enterprise deals only. So like, if you want to buy 200 licenses of tribute, like you should just be able to like facilitate that in teams and like not have to bog our sales team down. Like that's the other unsaid thing here too, is that we're trying to like have sales assisted and sales led deals be bigger deals, you know? You have enough data to, to know statistically what actions in platform lead to that stickiness and that expansion of accounts or, or hypotheses around that? We do. Yeah. I think that's some of the work we've been doing with Pendo as well. So like feature nice. tagging and all of that. So yeah, like I think we're all, I think we're doing the right things. I don't know, but this topic is just so like relevant. And so I'm like, I'm just kind of here to like, you know, just sort of hear what y'all have to say, what the conversation's like, and if we're thinking about it the right way, you know? Totally. So um, pivoting a little bit on topic here, um, I'd love to just touch on the topic of like how the bottoms up motion really helps with the top down motion in terms of like retention when there is like user adoption at the IC level across departments or just like across the company, how that really facilitates like sales velocity and just higher ACV for the top down, top down motion in the sales team. I really like what you said, Karina, earlier on about cross-department adoption as one of the key signals. What I've seen is a few variations of this. It could be initially the person adopts a particular use case. They came in for this one use case, uh, but then they start to discover other use cases of the same tool. And then as soon as they have like two, three use cases, and all of a sudden that person's engagement level is uh, through the roof. Um, That's the like the turning point. And two is when a few teams within the same company start to use this product. And that's a very strong signal of enterprise upgrades. Um, You know, this is not the one team who's just using this as a tool, like a tactics. This could be an org-wide deal, which really helps increasing that ACV for, uh, for the product. Yeah, totally. And that was kind of what I was mentioning earlier of like, even if 
an IC or like one or two people at a company or in a team have really high engagement and usage, like it's still hard to pull them through to more of an enterprise or like land and expand motion when that's not um, the volume isn't there across departments or like across use cases, like you said. Mm. Yeah. Sarah just mentioned plus one on cross department adoption. We have that going on in tribute today. Some of multiple use cases, for example, onboarding career development, then peer to peer learning. I think that's what I've seen in like lots of SaaS companies, uh, for that, like that's the turning point. That's the inflection point. I would love to hear too, just back to like the original question, should every company be thinking like, so if you are earlier stage and you're like, how do we really want to go to market? Do we want to build more of like a product led growth motion or should we just approach, you know, the old way of top down does the, like is product the single most important component of that decision or are there like other factors, variables? I would love to hear first from Eli. (laughs) I'm trying to think how to approach your question, Karina. In what context specifically? Because I think the context matters so much to what answer makes sense there. Yeah, for sure. So if you're early stage and you're building out like your go-to-market motion, mm-hmm. is it something that we want to like figure out what, is, what are our target account lists going to look like? Let's build out our sales team and let's really like hit that approach. Um, and build out our product to support like probably enterprise, you know, features or things like that. Or if we're going to go the product-led growth model, is it like, let's make sure that we're building out like a badass product that's easy for IC usage, that's easy to get those like key indicators of like engagement. Is product the only thing that's like really the variable there? Like how you build out the model, the product to support that go-to-market motion? Or are there other things in terms of like at a high level, is your product too complex? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's an inherent risk it doesn't mean not to do it, but I think there is an inherent risk there where if you're leaning so heavily on product exclusively, you could over-engineer, you could be building for the sake of building because you have this like massive vision and hypothesis and you don't know when to pull up from that and, and really get the feedback from customers and users. And surely building a target list of accounts and testing your product in a sales cycle with those accounts is a great way to get very direct, very quick feedback. So, but but equally so bottoms up, you know, getting end users as well is also a great way to get that feedback. So I think it's it's not so black and white necessarily, but more so what's the right balance or how do you strike that balance between collecting end user feedback, which may be completely different than depending on where you sit in the market, your buyer feedback and and figuring out the way, right way to balance that. Holly, calling back on some of your, your, your Slack times, how was that approach there? Yeah, yeah. I almost think about it um, as twofold. One fold is product development. Another fold is go-to-market motion. So from the product development perspective, uh, what I love about product-like growth is it says like regardless of your go-to-market motion, the product and user experience needs to be so good that your end users would love to use it. And once they start using it, they keep using it. And then they cannot, you know, like if you rip it off and they will like 
go crazy. So like as a principle of product-led growth companies for product development, regardless of your go-to-market motion, that like product experience, user experience should be number one. Um, uh, yeah, in, in my opinion. Um, and then there is uh, go-to-market uh, approach. Go-to-market, there is um, self-serve, which is bottoms up and you get end users to start using it. And then you have sales led, lead gen, demand gen, like top down sales motion. I see typically if the product is really easy to use, bottoms up uh, works really well. Uh, in this case, Slack, right? Everyone understands workplace communication. Uh, of course, Slack is a much more, like it, there's a lot more functionalities uh, than just chatting, but as a minimum uh, entry point, everyone understands talking to your team, chatting and, and communication, um, even though like, you know, the, the, the workflows or like other integrations, there's like a lot more, but like people can start adopting. So bottoms up makes lots of sense for a simple to use, simple to, to adopt product. And sales led is typically very good for products that there, there I would say two cases, one is, the, the product experience itself needs to be, like if the product experience itself, it's kind of hard to use. Like some of these, let's say complicated tools that that just needs more handholding, that's probably better for, for sales-led or the, the access um, point. Access means I do need the HR systems uh, or the, the HR person to open up access to the internal data in order to use my tool, or I do need IT approval in order to have access to my you know, internal processes and data in order to use this tool, then a sales-led approach makes more sense. Yeah. The other, the other element too is like viral coefficient opportunity, right? Like yeah. inherently a chat platform you if you're if you've invested in signing up yourself then you're surely invested in getting your friends or colleagues or team or whatever it is on there as well because it adds value to your use case whereas some tools it, the 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 lower barrier may be just going directly to the manager of the team and saying here's all the utility this is going to provide to your team buy it and drop it down on everyone because the idea that one person from that team adopts it and then is going to be highly motivated and trusting enough of the tool to share it with the rest of their team like the the timeline to that moment may be faster with a sit with top down in some cases depending on the inherent nature and utility of the tool Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like Mar Marlo said, is like Salesforce. Yes, Salesforce is a primary example of, okay, like this is a pretty complicated tool. Uh, like I probably need some sort of like salesperson to show me how it works or like customer success person to, uh, to help me on board. Yeah, I think even if it's more of like a sales-led approach feels right for the product, I think there are still ways you can incorporate like product-led as like a funnel as part of that, right? And so like taking pieces of the product and trying to explore ways to get the customer to use the product, not in full, but maybe like components that are very directly calling to their specific use cases. So when I worked at Lytics, which is a CDP, which is like way too complicated to ever have like a full on um, product-led growth model, 
Um, there were product led funnels that we could create with like components of the product, right. And allowing like certain users that would find certain components of the CDP really valuable. Like how can we make that, um, so that somebody could get their hands on it. And you start to see that more with like, I've seen product tours work really well for certain audiences. So for like the developers that don't love to talk to sales and, or give their email for any type of like free trial, um, like here's a way that you can be exposed to a certain, not all, but like the most valuable parts of the product to get them to the next step in the funnel, the sales led funnel. I was chatting with, um, Kevin Marasco over at Zenefits. He's a CMO there. I think it was last week. And, uh, he calls these product snacks, yeah. which is, I love like mm. just such an adorable way to imagine deploying like a little product <laughs> snack to folks, you know? Uh, I love it. Marlo had a question. So question for Holly. So Slack had a massive sales organization. How did your marketing and sales ops team go about determining what was sales qualified? How organic was the spread of Slack throughout an org versus sales assisted? assisted? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, So Slack didn't have a sales org until much later. Um, In early days, it's purely bottoms up adoption. And uh, when Slack started to have a sales team is when we observe uh, much of the SMB mid-market organizations started to grow uh, into more of an enterprise uh, customers who requires um, security, privacy, uh, and some of the SSO uh, and and access um, admin features. And that's when the sales team really like can, can be really helpful in uh, talking through custom uh, um, setups or making sure the org is really successful. Um, so one is like a company size was uh, one of the de- determinants. Um, another one is like comp- like uh, complicated setup uh, to, to make sure. In terms of how do we go about uh, determining what was sales qualified, uh, we used a metric called uh, PQL, uh, Product Qualified Leads. Um, that is determined by uh, the um, usage, um, primarily by usage. Um, so you know you can you can think of your usage metrics uh, related to your retention metric. So whatever your retention metric is, it could be like number of messages sent by the org, or it could be like number of people in the org, uh, or it could be firmographic information like company size, uh, et cetera. Um, so it really depends on, you know, your, your particular, uh, your particular use case. So the, the PQL is a signal that once an org reaches the PQL level and sales, uh, team can get a, get a signal to reach out to, to these folks for a upgrade or enterprise plan discussion. Can I ask a clarifying question or a couple maybe? Um, so at what stage did Slack actually introduce the sales team? I'm just curious. I thought it was around the time you were there, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I sort family famously said on record that we will never had a sales team. Uh, we will never have a sales team. Uh, so, and, and you know, <laughs> uh, but then Slack now has, I think like right now, like a thousand people in the sales org. Yeah. Um, no, I knew one of your early sales ops people. And she's like, it's the easiest job for a salesperson in the world. So mm-hmm. um, I remember that. So I was just trying to contextualize. And I guess my other question is, was Slack thinking about um, that like product led usage metric in terms of individual orgs or accounts or 
the combine of multiple orgs, perhaps across multiple teams in a company with the same domain, for example, like cross departmental Slack instances that have been created, but not connected to each other. Oh, you mean if a company has different teams, all have their own teams, how do we Correct. Like how consolidate were them? you guys thinking about that and like tying that into your metrics for like what becomes sales escalated? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't comment on like particular, <laughs> like specifics, yeah, yeah, but, level, but like, I would say, um, yeah. But like across, across the various, across the various clients I've had uh, in, in SaaS businesses, that could be a very important signal. So yes, like, like we said before, cross org adoption is a very strong signal for um, a sales um, touch. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think that evolves too a little bit over time, Holly and, um, like when they're super early and that data doesn't exist to really like mine and over time the PQL like evolves just like your MQL should, right? So Absolutely. more behavior data you have to collect, the more that'll evolve. In initially the, your PQL definition could literally be usage only or like two metrics for, for usage. And, and you need to start somewhere, right? Like you probably don't have the full picture of all the data that could be available. And over time you say, okay, like, are they actually um, yielding the highest quality leads um, for sales? And we just uh, adjust from there. And your like the the data you're based uh, the PQL model on your customers are also changing right like over time uh, your customer base probably changed from SMB customers to more of a mid market um, audiences then your metric could change as well um, so like Corinna said. Um, definitely like for different, uh, like review that every, you know, six months or, or a year, depending on your growth rate um, and, and change your PQL definition over time. I don't know if it's helpful to add, but, you know, I spent 10 years working at Microsoft and, it, you know, I was baked in this enterprise sales led motion for technology adoption. And the one thing that I just think is interesting, so I was just looking this up the other day, you know, Teams has 145 million daily active users. Slack has 12 million. So that's a pretty, you know, and, and a large part of that team success has been Microsoft's, you know, a behemoth of enterprise sales, right? We've got way, you know, Microsoft is way more enterprise salespeople than Slack. And if anything, sometimes there are cases where if you are aiming for the enterprise, you know, going after that sales led, if you get the right hooks of the company pushing this offer down on their people, even though I think in this like SaaS PLG world, it's like, no, you know, resist it. And, you know, it should all be user led. Like there's benefits to that too. And I think for us, like, you know, I saw over and over and over again at Microsoft, like there's just a technology adoption curve of certain things that just take time. And as long as you can identify, like, I think like fundamentally where SaaS and product is going is you have to capture and you have to be beloved by the user. Like you can't just build a shitty piece of software and like make people, make companies go push that down people's throats. Like, I don't believe in that, but I do think like just listening to the conversation, there are things that I find when I go into sell tribute and I have the buyer hook of what the company benefit is of everybody using this together with that sort of like end user sort of product like growth. I, there's, there's this hybrid, like if you're targeting the enterprise, I think there's got to be a hybrid motion. And that's so that you get an understanding of what to build for the enterprise 
to continue to promote your software org wide because their list of requirements to deploy your software org wide is going to be very different from the individual of like why they're coming there to solve that pain point, right? And if you're not building for that, you're never going to, you're going to run into adoption blockers, I think. Security, data, you know, deployments, you know, scale, all of those things too. So I, that's just my observation of my background, but. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think even if you like they're both motions definitely have a place, it's more of like the when and yeah. how do those uh, feel and fit right. Yeah. I think even if you come from like a top down motion and really stronghold that and you get the deal, if the retention isn't there from the user adoption side, oh, like right. you're not going to have people really hate it. <laughs> yeah. And then expansion is harder. So altogether, like bottoms up motion and get, getting that user adoption is beneficial for the company long term. But I do think like for more, like if not most, all companies are going to eventually need that top down motion. And so it's really understanding like when and how to blend those two so that it is like a good cadence. Yeah. What's nice is if you have it, you're going to stay in touch with what it's going to take to build what you need to build to make sure that your enterprise deployable enterprise wide. Like that's, I think, the biggest takeaway that you're not missing that. Yeah, it's like a different league. Once you hit that, it's like you've got to have different security and data. You know, it's just like a whole different beast. (laughs) So, yeah. And I think that that there's something to be said about like the question of when when is the top down motion good to fit in with your bottoms up motion? Like, what is that inflection point? But then also like, at what point have you kind of missed that buck? And I think that happens when, you know, you're starting to do the sales led motion and your sales team is like, we need these enterprise features. And the product side is like, absolutely like, don't want to incorporate that. We're really focused only on the user side of the product. And then that's kind of where the traction is hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you'll hit a ceiling at some point and you'll need to think about how to keep scaling it, it, for just the, or for just an alternate perspective, you know, from what I've seen, but it's been interesting yet yeah, being a lifelong Microsofty, you know, yeah. um, it, you know, building the SaaS, it's very counterculture, you know, to the way. And, and I mean, it, it's super fun because I get a respect for that, but I love being in this space where I get to almost take a consumer led approach yeah. to enterprise software, because that's how people want to consume technology today. You know, it's just, it should just work and it should just be easy. And I should just know, just tell me what to do, you know? So it's pretty fun. Totally. Needy had a question in the chat. And so she says in a sales led motion, how to approach growth marketing. I would love if you can jump on just to like say more about that question. Sorry. Can you repeat that? Yeah, I would love for you just to expand on your question. Yeah, so basically my company is a sales-led motion today. We have like tripled our sales team in the last two months. As I said, we are in email security. So uh, we're trying to, uh, and we are trying to get into enterprise. So the idea is like my role is in growth marketing. So how should I be approached? Like what should I be thinking about? So currently it's all about experiments and like getting demos. That's that's basically my metrics. So just wanted to know like if you guys have ever been in charge of something like this, what has worked for you guys? Yeah, I'll take a stab at this one. And then Holly, I would love to hear yours. So just for me, it's really like brand drives demand. And so there's like two angles that I approach when it's like growth marketing for the sales led motion and demo is like the KPI is identifying that there's going to be a point where you capturing existing demand that well goes dry. And so you have to be thinking about other ways that you can start also creating demand so that that just becomes like an engine that's always running. Holly, I'd love to hear from you on that. 
Yeah. A lot of sales-led organizations go with the, the demand gen motion of um, getting MQLs, SQLs, and, and, uh, and, and close one and that, that, um, that motion. Uh, I think for, for a modern growth marketing org, uh, you want to make sure you're, you're running experiments to get the highest quality uh, leads that actually tie to your pipeline and close one. Um, it, so often that marketing teams just focus on getting MQLs, uh, but are actually not like high, high, highest quality. So that's one, like from a measurement perspective, you want to look at your downstream metrics. Um, and two is um, oftentimes the traditional B2B uh, 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 demand gen motion uh, focus more on the um, content that uh, let's publish a white paper and get some email list, uh, and then I start to get sales team to to start calling on them. Um, I'd say in a in a in a modern uh, growth marketing um, org, um, I would think about nurturing them and touching them uh, in more channels um, before necessarily handing off to sales team. Uh, and just forget about them. Uh, so, for example, you may want to touch them via, uh, let's say, you know, display or YouTube or uh, even you know TikTok of the world, uh, so that they they are they are warming up. Uh, you may even send them uh, in like personalized looms uh, <laughs> to help them uh, to, to to understand things. Uh, so uh, I would I would I would think about like more channels to warm them up to shorten uh, the sales uh, funnel um, rather than just, just passing it off. Um, and thirdly, what I've seen a lot of sales-led um, sales uh, companies do is uh, really think about how they want to approach uh, account-based marketing, right? Like account-based marketing has been around for, you know, five, five, 10 years, uh, but it, the concept itself is uh, evolving. Um, and it's not only about uh, let's uh, just get a list of uh, you know ten, a hundred, a thousand uh, accounts. Uh, it, it's also about um, how how do we engage uh, with these accounts? Um, how do how do sales and marketing uh, think about SLAs? Uh, and when do we actually want to um, get those uh, like? Uh, whales uh, to talk to each other or existing customers to talk to prospects customers how do you how do you engage them um, both in online and offline uh, in a motion that feels personalized uh, and without really like have high touch for for everyone like how do you think about your support uh, or like a, a sales sales motion so um I would say these three aspects for for growth marketing uh, how do you su support uh, an account based uh, world without just say oh like yeah we have a uh, hundred impressions from this org so account based marketing is successful there there are various things that you want to measure the the key metrics thank you Cool. We have another question from Marlo. Uh, so a topic possibly worth discussing, maybe not. In the earlier stages of a PLG company's journey, how closely do you think marketing should be tied to analytics and roadmap prioritization? For example, 10 to 15 employees, what should be marketing's priorities at the seed to series A stage? 
I mean, I'm biased. Uh, I think <laughs> marketing should always tie to analytics <laughs> and, and, and product uh, prioritization. It's like you want to measure your efforts. You want to you sh- show or, or even like understand for yourself, uh, where am I putting my efforts and how those efforts are tied to the bottom line of the company. Uh, so from day one, I would, I would tie marketing to analytics. Um, you want to focus your efforts on the most important uh, features or, or product direction. Yeah, I think that's that's like going back to the tripod reference at the beginning of the conversation. It's 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 like setting up the foundational pillars such that these initiatives that separate groups are working on are anchored in some sort of common language. Yeah, and I I just echo the earlier sentiment of like these things evolve and so there's always going to be um an element of like what is our foundational set point what are our foundational analytics and then I would say making sure that those analytics are also not necessarily the same as other departments or like other teams but making sure that they actually see through to those other teams analytics as well because to the earlier conversation I think what happens with marketing is that we look at only one piece of the full picture because maybe that's all that's been expected or expectations are only set for those specific KPIs. But I think largely the impact will be better, more significant when you can consider like the full spectrum and how those actually play into to other departments and just like the full analytics. Yeah. One, one mistake I see um, marketing team and product team may make is the silos. Uh, marketing team only owns up until people sign up and product team owning everything after sign up like from a from a like a major work scope perspective that makes sense for uh many companies um but from the team collaboration communication uh perspective marketing should be accountable for how successful these people are right like if i think life cycle marketing is one of those um connection points where you do want to work very closely with the product team to make sure um, the people who sign up are super successful um you know, marketing team do want to work with customer success team uh, to ensure uh, you're, you're, you know, touching people uh, with the right content at the right time. Um, so especially in, in, in early stage, everyone should do support. Um, everyone should understand what the customer is saying uh, from, you know, product feedback and, and customer success feedback perspective. Marlo, I just saw your clarifying question and it was, I mean, she said to clarify, I mean, the instance where the marketing department is driving product usage analytics and the absence of there being the right resources on the product side, is that a problem or not? I feel like if it's seed series A stage, like maybe, but I think in the beginning, it's when you're that early on, I think marketing, if there is nobody else doing it, it's kind of like marketing really needs those key indicators to understand, you know, post sign up or post like in product, how people are using the product. But Holly, I don't know what you're... Yeah. 
focus on that. Yeah. What you're saying is there's no one really looking at product usage uh, data. I, I actually think about like marketing can mean many different things. Uh, marketing doesn't only mean you're getting people to sign up. Uh, to start using the product. Marketing also means we're, we're making people successful. So uh, in absence of a product analyst who can look at amplitude, uh, you can say, okay, like marketing is driving growth, right? Like ultimately marketing drives growth um, and product usage analytics is part of driving growth. Um, so it doesn't matter who owns it. Um, it can be the marketing department, if you have a strong growth marketer who just like understands data, uh, who can communicate really well with the product team, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Um, but over time, as you scale, uh, you may want to have um, a dedicated person to really look into product usage analytics because um, the need is, is going to increase um, and it may not be uh, like one person may not be enough to to like it all kinds yeah all, all of these well we're we're pretty much up at the hour this uh this has been really fun thank you everyone who has been participating in the conversation sarah marlo uh appreciate you guys being here and adding to that dialogue yes this was amazing and if you guys have any other suggestions for topics like please drop them before you leave um, but it was great to talk to you both um, yeah thank you karina holly and elias as well Thank you.